Dr. Anthony Jordan is the Northern Region Health Coordination Centre's clinical director and an immunologist. He's been with us pretty much every fortnight for the past eight months answering your COVID-19 questions. And to that end, I want to say a big thank you to Tracy at the Auckland DHB because Tracy has kind of like made this happen. She's facilitated it all and done a lot of work behind the scenes. So Tracy, if you're listening, I greatly appreciate what you've done. Thanks, Tracy. Um, getting Dr. Jordan on board with us. He joins us again. Dr. Anthony Jordan, a very good afternoon to you. Kia ora. Kia ora. Good afternoon to you both. <laughs> really nice to you. And can we begin by saying thank you because this is uh, for the foreseeable future. Hopefully we won't need to call on your services every fortnight unless a new variant pops its head up. But really appreciate your time with us over the last eight months, Dr. Jordan. You've been wonderful. Thanks. Uh, absolute pleasure. It's been great catching up with you guys every fortnight just to you know, hear what people are thinking and being able to answer those questions. For yeah. Them. Speaking of the new variant, XE, I think they call it, should we be concerned? Um, no. So interestingly, um, you know, as things go, there's been an XA and XB and XC and XD and XE and, they will, you know, it all goes all the way up to L at the moment. These are what we call uh, recombinant. So this happens when viruses spread. When we should be concerned is that when one of these recombinants become a variant of concern. So it's sitting on the let's just watch and wait at the moment. There doesn't seem to be too much concern about it at the moment. Right. So, so the transmissibility, it's a little bit more transmissible at this stage, but we don't know about how deadly potentially it is. Is that correct? Yeah. We always, it, transmissibility is sometimes quite hard to assess. Um, so yes, just like with BAB, BA1 and BA2, for example, um, there is more transmissibility with uh, BA2, which is around maybe 30%. But for this one, it's maybe around 10%. So that's we just need to watch and be really careful because that's a very low increase, actually. So it may be just an observed effect from a small number of cases. Right. If you've got a question for Dr. Jordan, like I say, it's his uh, last opportunity because he's going to leave us after today. But 0800 80 10 80 is our phone number, or you're welcome to text your question if you're more comfortable. Just text your question to 9292. Uh, Dr. Jordan, with the numbers gradually going down, this is a question from Janine, is there a lesser risk for those yet to get COVID? Well, definitely. I think if there's less COVID circulating in the community, it gives less opportunity for things to transmit to other people, so that's definitely true. There will still, however, be um, cases occurring in the community, um, and so the thought of it getting back to zero, like we have achieved you know, in previous lockdowns or previous um, uh, stages of the pandemic, that's probably not something that we think is ever going to happen, because mm. um, just like just like the virus is present in the community, it can still be passed on to some people. So do you think it'll become endemic in this country? Uh, yes, I do. Um, I think at some point um, over time, everyone will have caught the virus. These viruses tend to, you know, if you look back at pandemics in the past, it takes a couple of years and then they sort of move into an endemic phase. And I think that's what we're seeing at the moment. Mm. Texter says, Dr. Jordan, if you've had Delta or Omicron, does that make you immune to any new variant? Uh, it, it actually does give you some cross-protection to other variants. The only thing I would say is some people 
who've got Delta still got Omicron. So it's not always a guaranteed thing that you'll get universal protection against future variants or future recombinants. Right. Uh, Mike, hello there. Is that Mike, is it? Yes, it's you, mate. Yeah, Dr. Jordan's standing okay, by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just had a positive test for COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, apart from spending a couple of days in bed and drinking water, what else should I do? Um, first of all, how are you feeling? Have you got much in the way of other symptoms? No, not bad. I've got a slight headache, but I, well, it's not a, not much different to normal. <laughs> so, <laughs> Bloody kids. Um, <laughs> usually we just, uh, you know, for headache and muscle aches, maybe a bit of paracetamol if you need it. The other thing that we advise people to do is take it easy, you know. Um, yeah. Don't do, try to do too much as you're starting to feel better. Just recover. Yeah, that's about where I am. It's just I did three negative tests and I thought I was all clear. Mm. And suddenly I just got a positive one. So I thought I wondered what I should be doing. Okay, that's fine. Thanks so much. I find it easy to take it easy. (laughs) You find it easy to take it easy. Good on you, Mike. Mm. Actually, on that, Dr. Jordan, just before the break, there is a, a reasonable body of evidence suggesting that if you have Omicron, not to exercise at all. Because a lot of people find that quite challenging. They're fastidiously sort of working out and then they get Omicron. Is that fair because it can exacerbate long COVID? Yeah, so it is one of those things to allow your body to recover just so you don't have ongoing uh, symptoms that persist for greater than three months, which is what we're calling long COVID. Right. A couple of phone calls and then we'll get to some of these texts as well. They're pouring in. Hello, Lisa. Hello. How are you guys? We are better than good. good. Thank you for asking. Dr. Jordan, standing by for your question. Okay. Hey, Doctor, just um, inquiring, like, I work at a, somewhere where COVID has tested positive with a few people. I'm negative. My husband's negative. But we're booked to have our flu vaccination this Saturday. Should we go ahead and have it? Or when would the symptoms likely, or do we wait? I'd go ahead and get your flu vaccine, to be honest. You know, you've tested negative, and if you're feeling well, there's no reason to not go ahead and get your flu vaccine. Okay. Okay, that's cool. We've, Good stuff. We've tested, we've, we've tested three times, but it was just like it's out there now and it's just going rampant. So, you know, but if you do test, obviously, positive, do you still go, what What do you do? So what we usually tell people who have tested positive and unwell, recover from your illness. And then you can be vaccinated with your flu vaccine after that. And the reason that's really important is we don't want to confuse what may be uh, COVID and any side effects from the flu vaccine. So we want to make sure that you're recovered before we do anything. All right. Thank you. Thanks so much, Lisa. Uh, This is another Lisa. Afternoon, Lisa. Hi, how are you going? (laughs) My question is, my clientele in my business are predominantly retirees, and it really came evident yesterday when I've got customers ringing me up wanting to know if they could come and pick up their plants um, out of hours because they didn't want to socialise with anyone because they're still scared they're going to catch COVID. And then that was okay. So I said, yeah, sure, come in. We're closed. It's all good. And that was fine. Then I went and delivered all some of their plants out to some more of my customers, and the three of them were adamant they would not go and purchase anything from any retailer and that because they are scared that they're going to get sick. What my question is, is how can I support 
these people and it really concerns me that so many elderly are feeling so scared and alone at home. Mm. And they're all they're all triple vaxxed and they and like I say to them, like I'm triple vaxxed, um, I do rat tests every morning to make sure that we're all good because of, you know, my clientele is an older group. Um, when they come into the nursery, I've got masks on hand for them if they want to wear masks. I've got gloves. I've got hand sanitizer. Mm. We're open air, like we're the best spot probably not to catch anything. But it's to get that mental thought out that, they, you know, they are going to be okay. Yeah, so the first thing Lisa is saying, it sounds like you're doing absolutely everything humanly possible to prevent anyone ever getting covid um, in your situation and in your workplace, that's great to hear. I think it is just spending a bit, bit of time for people to get used used to the sort of current settings and sort of understanding that, you know, like you're suggesting, is that there are there are other things that we can do to prevent uh, the virus being transmitted. And th- those are things that, you know, three years ago people didn't do when other viruses were sort of circulating around. Um, so... I think it's just getting people more comfortable, and people will get there. It just take time, you know. Like any sort of change in settings or restrictions, each time something comes down, uh, people feel vulnerable at the beginning, and then they just sort of uh, become accustomed to it. So you're doing the right thing, and by then wearing masks and doing the other things that they can protect themselves. Good with, stuff. Uh, are the best things. Nice. All right, we've got a text that says, "I've had two vaccinations, but I've recently had Omicron. Do I still need the booster?" So this is an excellent question. Yes, um, you still need a booster, and the suggested uh, time is three months after you've recovered from having, in this case, Omicron. And the reason that's really important is because you want to make sure that the immunity that you've got from having the virus doesn't uh, what we call wane, so get less over time. Um, because, you know, Omicron's what we've got now, but there could be further strains as we were discussing in the future, and you don't want to catch it at a Very good. On that, Justin has called up. Hello, Justin. Oh, hi there. Um, <clears throat> my question is um, something I've considered quite a bit, and that's quite simply, why is it that... The, a vaccine that was created for a completely different strain, namely the original Delta strain, why would that mRNA quote-unquote vaccine be effective against a completely different strain? Mm. So when, when people are designing um, vaccinations, and this is not just mRNA vaccine, they tend to create vaccines to what we call highly preserved regions, so regions that are unlikely to change. So although we see a lot of mutations for Delta and Omicron, the vaccine still has targets within the virus that's able to recognise to say this is still coronavirus. So that's one of the things that's really important when we design vaccines is that we choose targets that are likely to be preserved. Right. Last text question, Dr. Jordan, throat swabs. How do you feel about them? We are confident our son has Omicron, but he keeps testing negative. Should we swab his throat as well as his nose? So some people are doing that, and you definitely see that overseas. I always remind people, if you are going to do it, make sure you do the throat first. No one likes to use a nasal swab and then have it in their throat. 
Um, the other thing you can do is if some people are worried that the rat test may not be the you know, the most definitive test. So some people go, for example, and get a PCR test, knowing that that has a bit more sensitivity, so a higher likelihood of detecting the virus. Right. I'm going to ask you this question because I just feel for the person. Uh, Hi, Dr. Jordan. My wife is going through chemotherapy for breast cancer. She's terrified of catching COVID. What would be the outcome of her catching COVID in your view? We understand it may delay her treatment, but would there be anything else we should be worried about? Not really. I guess the hard thing is, is without knowing the specifics of the case, um, what type of chemotherapy they're on in terms of how immunosuppressive it is. Um, then there are hormone treatments that aren't particularly immunosuppressive either, and depending on the stage of their cancer as well. But you know, doing all the things that you need to, you know, at the hospitals, and making sure that we are screening people for symptoms, we're getting people to wear masks, practice hand hygiene. That helps to protect our patients who are vulnerable as well. Great, and mm. I, I think you'll love this last question. I just I can't help myself. It's I'm mischievous by nature, <laughs> Dr. Jordan. So I'm going to hit you with this question. I want to hear the uh, the doctor answer this. Listening to grand jury trials in Germany oh, recently, it was proven the piece proven the PCR test was fraudulent, and therefore the whole COVID pandemic is based on lies. What does the doctor have to say about this? <laughs> um. That's very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) You should be a politician with that answer. Uh, That's brilliant. Dr. Jordan, you are brilliant. Thank you so much for your expertise and all your hard work over the years to get you to this place. We've really, really valued what you've had to say. Can't buy. That's great. Um, And have a great rest of the day, and thanks for having me on for these months. We've loved it.